hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that would be able to play for the New York Yankees if instead of their bizarre rule about no facial hair or long hair, it was no funkin' allowed. I'm on your coach, Jay Christie, joining as always, Bondra Brera. Andre, how are you? Let's get ready for Munkin'! I should have done that at the end of last episode. You should have, but you didn't know that it was about boxing specifically. No, I did not. Yes, as you could tell by what Andre said, we're talking about Mr. Monk takes a punch, which is funny because he doesn't actually take a punch in it. Actually, he does at the end. He does at the end. But uh, yeah, it's about boxing. Uh, the Sweet Science, which is one of those nicknames that just like, of every sport in the world, that would be the one that I would say is the least sweet and least scientific. I know that that's not true, but it does feel like it's just people punching each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think I've ever heard it referred to as the Sweet Science, to be fair. Well, I ha- maybe I've just watched more boxing than you, which is, I didn't think that that was the case, but it definitely is called that. Um, probably. I've never seen, I think the only boxing movie I've ever seen is probably like, Snake Eyes? Does that, no, it's a hockey game, isn't it? No, Snake Eyes is a boxing match, which is okay. a, I have seen Snake Eyes, which is an underrated movie. Um, Great movie, yeah. But uh, no. And, no, it's not just from boxing movies. It's just I've just watched boxing matches before, and they call it the Sweet Science. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, when you're bored, you throw on a fight. Um, thing is, me and my older brother would always, with either boxing or MMA, we didn't really care that much about the sport, but we just loved... Our relationship could be best summed up by the fact that we would just, if there was a big boxing match or big MMA match during the weekend, we would just be talking to each other all week like, man, we're watching the fight, right? Just because we love talking about, oh, we're just, hey, you're going to pull up the fight? Just talking about the fight is the most... Fight not, night, all, baby. We were just, and once again, the actual fight was not consequential. It's like, and then when our, when our third brother started living with us, my twin brother, we like, hey, Mike, you want to watch the fight? And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? You don't even care about boxing. It's like, yeah, we're watching the fight. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like it's just one of those like uh, those timeless things, uh, a thing of fathers and sons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking about fights and uh, you know, boxing is in a total shithole right now. And seems. because of that instinct, though, we were because we like I said we do with MMA too. We one of like the five MMA matches I've watched from start to finish was the one that ended with Habib running into the crowd beating up people. <laughs> but that was great. Oh, I watched no that shit. live. Uh, and it was awesome before anyone, everyone started freaking out. Understandably. I, I get why people were mad about it. But it was like, <laughs> it was throwing haymakers. Anyway, we start off in a boxing gym. It's early in the morning. Well, probably late at night. Yeah. And the guy's breaking in, and he doesn't look like he has good intentions. Yeah, I know. I was wondering what, what this was all about because it looked like a pretty run-down gym. So I'm like, mm-hmm. is he stealing something? Uh, it's like, wh- I just didn't picture anyone being there. And sure mm-hmm. enough, I mean, well, there is someone there, but he doesn't see him at the time, yeah, he's I guess. Like, he's in a stupor. Yeah, and so he, like, you know, he breaks in, and we see his face right off the bat. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this isn't a mystery of who done it. We know who mm-hmm. done it, but uh, we don't know what he's doing. Not yet. Yeah. Yes, he goes up to the punching bag, which... Man, those things are harder than you think they are. Boxers make it look very easy. Um, mm-hmm. And he opens it up. And, uh, uh-oh, is that plastic explosives I spy? That scene was real professional. Because this isn't like a regular bomb. He's got plastic explosives. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's definitely a guy who knows what he's doing, for sure. Mm-hmm. So he plants the explosive inside of it. And, and we can all tell, uh, what is it, uh, Chekhov's uh, C4 explosives? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um... And so, then we go to the morning, we enter Louie and Ray, Louie's the corner man, Ray Regis is a, uh, a heavyweight fighter. Robert Loggia? Lo- Loggia is how it's pronounced. Loggia? Okay, yeah, the, great, the late, great Robert Loggia, 
Um, and uh, he plays the corner man. Great corner man look. Um, Very Mickey from Rocky. I've never seen those movies. I've seen the first one and the fourth one. Um, I'm not. Oh. I'm gonna keep my opinion to myself because they're fine. I don't. Okay, I mean, I've seen. I've seen Creed. So that's another boxing movie I've seen. It's you know, boxing movies are just really. There's just something about boxing movies that I don't care that much about because the journey of someone like the arc of a boxing movie character is just not interesting to me because I don't find anything that admirable about a guy who wants to beat someone up in a ring. Like, if that's where you end, it's like, I'm not really that concerned with watching your journey. But anyway. Um, and so, uh, they come in, you know, you see that, uh, that Ray is going to have a title fight soon, which is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little, like, uh, I'm already questioning things. Like, if this guy is so good and he's going to play, like, uh, I mean, he's going to be in a title fight. Why the fuck is he in this ratty-ass, like, gym basically run by Cuddy? Great question. Uh, in Great Wire reference. Thank um, you. But then a guy named Eddie comes out, stumbling out from, like, the locker area. And you can tell that he is a, uh, a transient, a homeless man. Um, yes. And uh, he apparently fell asleep back there. Um, and... Uh, but but and Ray's patient with him. He gives him ten bucks and tells him to get something to eat. You know. Yeah, and so he takes the ten bucks and he's like on his way out and he's kind of trying to motivate uh, Ray again, telling him you just gotta hit him with the old one two, mm-hmm. and uh, and on three he punches into the, <laughs> the punching bag, and kablam, he's uh he's gone. And like to be honest, like judging from what we saw, there's zero shot the other two would have survived this. Was yeah, it was quarters. way too big of an explosion. Um, yeah. Or they would have had, like, scars or something, but they are like, good as God the next day. Exactly. Um, and, uh, but I just want to point out, a thing that Eddie says before he dies, he says, yeah, he'll be sucking canvas, which is, um, a funny thing to say. Um, <laughs> sucking canvas. And so then we cut to the station after the theme song, and, uh, he's got art on the wall, and apparently, apparently there was some stolen art that's in circulation around the old Safran, and everyone has to be on the lookout. Yeah, you know, chalk this up again to me not paying attention and, like, thinking that this is going to rear its head again because I was just like, okay, well, who cares? Yeah, and so um, that's not why he brought in Monk and Natalie. It's because something happened in the old San Diego that is affecting things in the old San Francisco. Yeah, it's a little sand-on-sand sand, uh, mm-hmm. connectivity. Uh, yeah, so apparently <clears throat> there was a, a, a private detective uh private detective rafferty apparently he basically was like an advisor just like monk and he had a heart attack while chasing down a perp and uh, promptly decided to sue the department as if it was their fault for that yes and so long story short now consultants must pass a physical fitness test they must run a half mile in four minutes climb 10 flights of stairs do 20 pull-ups and scale a wall 10 foot wall now i'll say this 20 pull-ups is unrealistic. No one's doing 20 pull-ups. <laughs> that's the only part that's hard. I think I can, Like, do you have to do them, like, in a row? Probably, yeah. That's bullshit. I can do, like, five, and, like, that's, like, not that bad. I can... I think the most I've ever done in one go was, I think, two or three in uh, high school. Um, okay. But, yeah. I, I mean, but also, like, I... Especially because... I'm assuming that they're only doing this, like... I guess my point is, it's not... You don't have to be wildly out of shape to not be able to do 20 pull-ups. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually not... Uh, the, the gap between being able to do 20 pull-ups and being a physical liability, there's a lot of room between there. 
No, absolutely. Like, the rest of it was, like, fucking cakewalk. Like, honestly, yeah. I could run half a mile in four minutes, no problem. Yes. Ten flights of stairs, easy. And mm-hmm. climbing a six-foot wall, like, that's fucking nothing. A ten-foot wall. Um, oh, ten-foot? Yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, if I had time to train for the wall, I could do it. Um, is it, like, a flat wall, or is it the one that they're It's the one, I think it's the one that they, with the hole in the middle of it. Oh, that's cake, if, man. Yeah. If it's a flat uh, wall, then that's tough. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, I think I probably would have to... To have like a week lead up in order to get a half mile under four minutes of being completely honest with myself. Um, mm. It's more just for stamina than anything else, just because I have, yeah. you know, a negative stamina. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's, you know, he gives him an ultimatum that he has to do that in like a week or else he can't be a consultant anymore. Yeah, and so, you know, right off rip, we cut straight to Monk on the track. And he mm-hmm. borrowed a... He came a little colorful today. He borrowed a track... Well, he didn't borrow. Your, this was a birthday gift that Kevin gave him. Oh, right, right. It was a birthday gift from Kevin Dorfman, your boy. Mm-hmm. And he looks like an idiot. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sad now, like, thinking about yeah. Kevin Dorfman. And so, uh, Natalie's laughing at him, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bit that I'm not going to go into. Um, and yeah, the bit's stupid, but I do like that, like, you know, she's talking about how this girl behind them is dancing like a cowboy, mm-hmm. and Monk says she's, yeah. he's dancing more like a happy prospector, which is, yes. like, That's legit. a fun joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Monk then starts to run, and almost immediately he looks like he pulled a hammy and is on the ground writhing in pain. Yeah, and, um, you know, if this were, like, a real life, he'd be at home after this. He wouldn't yeah, be he, back on the scene. Exactly. I mean... In, it took James Harden had to sit out for a couple of games, you know what I mean? So right. at the very least, but, Monk will be out of commission. But his recovery time gets cut short because now they get a call from Stott, and mm-hmm. uh, it's about the the bombing that happened at the gym downtown. So they uh, they muscle their way over there. Yes, um, and so they before they arrive, we um, see Stott and Disher and a bunch of other cops at the scene, and basically we learn that the detonator that was used is what's used in an airbag. Um, and it's super pro. Like, this is pro shit. This is an amateur hour. Um, and, uh, they're basically doing the whole, like, do you have any enemies? Who would be trying to kill you? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ray can't come up with anybody. Um, but Stottlemyre reminds him that, you know, he lost a fight five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people might have lost money on that fight. So it's very possible that upon him resurfacing again that someone wanted to take their revenge out on him for having... Mm-hmm. Lost a fortune. Yeah. But he dismisses that. And then Randy says, you know, I do a little boxing myself. I actually won a uh, light middleweight a couple years ago at the benefit, the banquet or whatever, against Stan Mulroney. Stan Mulroney? He was retired for 12 years. We called him Pops. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Disher doesn't, he, he, he doesn't face him because, uh, you know, he was a, a, a man. Yeah, W's a W, and, uh, you know, but then Sotomayor reminds him that he used a cane, or he, he used a cane, and he said, yeah, he did that day, too. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Which is a funny visual. It is. Uh, Disher's got a mean left hook, is, I think, what uh, the conclusion needs to be. Um, and Stottmeyer has a good bit of detective work when he looks at what's left of the boxing, uh, I mean, of the bag, the punching bag. And he notices that the thread that was used to tie it back up had would been licked to uh, to keep like to, I don't know how to fight. I don't know. Real, real fucking real, real amateur fucking move. Like he he wore like gloves and slippers, so like he was obviously trying to conceal that he was yeah. there. But that's just like a really amateur move to yeah. 
And Ray, though, learns that Adrian Monk's coming in, and uh, he's excited. And even um, Disher calls him a superhero. Yeah, and uh, right on cue, Monk shows up looking like uh, a superhero from like maybe like 1970 or something. Um, but, you know, Louis points out that he looks like a big plum, which I would have thought he looks more like a big grape. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, either one works. Um, and uh, then he notes that it's his last case, that he's done. He's uh, not going to keep being a detective because he can't uh, do the test. Right. And so, like, after this, uh, you know, I mean, well, like, this is the first thing, uh, the first uh, look that we get into the kind of guy that Ray is. And, like, that's probably my favorite part of this episode is I actually really liked Ray a lot. Yeah. He's, like, he's a, a very guy. cool guy. Good guy. Good motivator. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's, like, telling him that he believes in him. And uh, and then, yeah, we, we go straight to Dr. Bell's office after this. Yes. And Monk is saying it can't be done, you know. Uh, he quits. It's over. Um, and... When at pressed on what he'll do if he quits, what is he gonna do for money? What does Monk say? Uh, he said he's gonna go on welfare. And what's Natalie uh, gonna do? Uh, well, she'll go on welfare too. Maybe they could be welfare buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. And Doctor Bell points out something which is true, which is that you know quitting is like a drug. You know. Um, you start, you can't stop, which is kind of true. The, in, the interesting about that is it's a complete inverse of like doing drugs. Yes. Right. That's the funny thing. To you want to quit, but you know, you gotta, you gotta, if you quit, you, yeah. pop, you can't stop. Exactly. Put another way. And Dr. Bell says, you know, you might even be eligible for welfare. And I love that, uh, Monk says, do you gotta run a half, do run a half mile in four minutes? No, I think I'll be fine, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so we got back to uh, Monk is at the boxing gym and we're catching <clears throat> Louis kind of reminiscing or like he he hands Stoudemire a, 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 a mug that says world's greatest dad mm-hmm. to which Louis uh, you know tells him that basically that mug is a lie that he was not the greatest dad but his daughter was the greatest daughter and apparently she had died about five years ago mm-hmm. rest in peace yeah. um, and so they, add, they, they have a photo of the guy whose DNA they got um his name is Charles Bach, a.k.a. the Iceman, which, wow, that's how you know you kill some motherfuckers, if they call you the Iceman. Yeah, or uh, you're just Val Kilmer, either one. Or you're George Gervin. Um, or you're Sean Ashmore? Yes, yes. Wow, we just named four Icemen. Yeah. Um, but or in Michael this case, Shannon. Wait, Michael Shannon? Oh, yes, and the Iceman cometh. Richard, no, Richard Kuklinski, like the actual hitman. Oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is his name in Iceman? Um, if you have more Iceman, yeah. please tweet at us. But, if you um, are an Iceman, right into the show. Yeah, unless it's because you kill people, then don't. Um, yeah, actually, don't. And uh, so he's killed at least 14 people, um, and apparently he's associated, excuse me, with the Marino crime family. Um and so they're like, do you owe any money? Like, be honest. Like, is are, is there something dirty going on? Um, because they note that he's not going to stop. He's a pro. Yeah. Um, he's not going to stop. The ice needs uh, is not going to melt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Stott rightfully wants him to cancel the fight. But Ray wants his shot at the title. Like, he, he thinks he can get it this time. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out later why he wants the title so bad. Yeah. And... Uh... Then Stamar notices that Monk's just been writing on a piece of paper, and he pulls him aside, 
and he looks at it, and it's, he realizes it's a welfare application, and he says that if you go on welfare, I will shoot you, which I think that we can know what, what Stalmeyer's uh, voting pattern is. But um, And also, we know that he's good for it, too. Yes, he will shoot him. Uh, yeah. And he says, you know, what, are you just going to give up? And, yeah, he's going to give up. Uh, but, you know, he reminds him, like, or what would Shruti say? And the confusing thing is that he says, or what is she saying now? Because it's been a fucking while since we've seen Trudy like, talk to Monk. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, they probably couldn't get Mulder or Harden for the episode. But um, I do think that it's fa- I think that that's a uh, fair thing to say, though, because Trudy is obviously always talking to him. I mean, not really. It's all Monk said. Ghosts aren't real. But um, it, it, she is talking to him. Right. And then Monk sees a photo, which piques his interest. Yeah, which is just... I mean, peak Monk. Like, how the fuck would you have found this clue at all? But, okay, fine. Uh, that's fine. Um, so we don't see exactly what he comes on to. But we do go to, you know, Ray is in a recording studio. And he's uh, he's laying down some, I guess, I don't know what you call that, vocal he's, tracks? It's ADR he's doing, where you do the yeah. uh, audio afterwards for a commercial. Yeah, he's doing ADR for a deodorant commercial that he is uh, scheduled to, or that's supposed to be on the air by September 1st. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yep. And he screws it up, and he says a line that's so cheesy, I had to write it down, and he says, sorry, I usually let my hands do the talking, which is like, that's just not something anyone would ever say. Like, just, come on. Um, <laughs> I like, like it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Monk comes in, you know, he's just, he's watching, uh, and, uh, the guy who's, like, running the tape plays a tape of uh, the guy who apparently owned the house didn't know they were filming, and so he came in and had an outburst. Yeah, he's telling him to, like, basically pack it up, like, what the hell are you guys still doing here? And, like, you know, you're kind of just, like, not even you're not even thinking about it. You probably did because you've seen this episode. Yeah. But, um, how many times have you seen this episode? Curious. Probably, like, tw- uh, twice at least, maybe three times. Um, okay. There's going to be a couple of these coming up where I've only seen them one time just because... Um, Which would you venture to guess would be the most that you've seen in an episode? I mean... Besides the finale and the pilot. Not even the finale, because the finale, once again... Because the thing is, a lot of the times I watched an episode of Monk the second time, Monk was still on the air. Like, most of the times I've rewatched Monk marathons and stuff like that was during, like, seasons five, six, seven, and eight, you know? Um, Where they play the older episodes. But the episode I've seen the most is probably... I don't know. Three Pies? What? Three Pies? No. Um... Probably one of the early Natalie episodes, just those run a lot. Um, maybe Mr. Monk and or like late Toronto ones too. But um, I don't know. That's a good question. But it definitely would be something from the first four seasons, without a doubt. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, when everyone vacates the room, Monk ma- lays down his accusation. That he says that five years ago, Ray threw the fight. Yeah, and the reason he knows that is because apparently there's some sort of visual clue that Louis cannot tell a lie while his cross is showing. Mm-hmm. So he's like a deeply superstitious slash religious man. And I guess he lied when he said... There was somehow he knew that he was lying about the fact there's, that... I'll say this. Three Ips was looking for it three times earlier in the episode. Actually, no, twice earlier in the episode. You see him talk his... Uh, cross in under his shirt when he's telling a lie. I so, never paid attention. Of course, well, yeah, you wouldn't pay attention if you didn't know. But that's that they do. It, that's not out of nowhere. That does happen twice in the episode. Um, okay. And uh, I do love, of course, you know, he tucks it under his shirt, 
you know, because Christ is all-knowing, but he can't see through an inch of fabric, no. Um, and so, because he pulls up other photos of Louis during fights, and the cross is always out, but during the title fight, the cross wasn't out. And then they also, he also sees, this, he got all this, by the way, Julie helped him on the worldwide internet computer web. Um, yeah, and he found some information off a website, uh, what people call a website, which is apparently that Louis' daughter had gone to Geneva shortly after the fight for experimental treatment. So I think we're here to assume that she was, had cancer or something? Something. I mean, uh, it was for $2 million. Um, for some reason, my mind went to, like, rare blood disease or something like that. Because, like, I'm trying to think of something that would be you need experimental treatment for $2 million. Because most, like, cancer stuff, like, there obviously are experimental treatments. But it's, you know, a lot of it is kind of just hoping. I don't know. That, that's probably not accurate. But I'm thinking, I, I just assumed that it was something super rare. That that's why it would be $2 million in Switzerland. You know? Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, and then, you know, Ray finally breaks and like, you know, she was dying, man. And this is why Ray's a good guy. You know, like shouts to Ray. He, you know, it's, it's not a good thing to throw a fight, but if you're going to do it for any reason to, uh, pay for a young woman's medical bills is not a bad one. No, it's not. But also I have myself wondering, like, what was the purse for him? Was it the entire sum that she used or? No, because remember the purse wasn't enough to cover it, Buck says. Um, oh, okay. And so he needed to bet against himself. Um, oh, gotcha. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Fixing sports is is a great business if you can get into it. Like, it's really, like, I mean... Lucrative. I get why people shave points. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, um... Shouts to point shaving. Big fan. Um, and, no shouts uh, to Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> no, I just... I think is I love just a cute... I just love so, uh, just offhand and being like, man, that guy's gotta be shaving. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And so, uh, Monk's like, you know, the mob lost a fortune, they're probably trying to kill you. Which would make sense, but also you'd wonder why they waited five years to do it. Um, right. And, it's not like he was hiding or anything, this guy went no. to the same gym every fucking day or whatever. Yeah. And Ray's like, you know, I thought if I won, maybe it would be alright. Um, but... And he, and he assumes that, that the jig is up, and mm -hmm. that he, uh, you know, he's not gonna be able to fight. But Monk tells him that he hasn't told anyone about this, not even Natalie. Mm -hmm. And that maybe he's had enough punishment. He's, mm -hmm. he's been punishing himself all these years, so maybe he's just gonna give him a chance. Yep, and it's a little, uh... Quid Monk says that he, uh, that he's like, if there's anything I could do for you, let me know. And Monk says, of course, there is one thing. And then we cut briefly to the Iceman. He's on a Bluetooth. Um, yeah. remember, when, remember when that was, like, all of comedy was just Bluetooth jokes of people speaking to a Bluetooth and be like, no, I'm not talking to you? Remember that was like, like that yeah, was yeah. I, I do remember that, but I also have an acute memory of like that happening to me all the time, where I'd be talking to people doing it. So like, it actually rung very true. Mm. I think I was just too young to be talking to a lot of people with Bluetooths. Um, and then yeah. whenever, when one last letter on Bluetooth, there's a phrase from a commercial that me and my older brother quote to each other all the time. Going back to my older brother, this is just our whole life. Is like 2005 ish. It was a Radio Shack commercial. Rest in peace. Which well, it was. Bluetooth. What is Bluetooth? I don't know. But the guys at Radio Shack do. <laughs> I, I need you to find this commercial and send it to me. Okay, well. Um, I think it was like a guy talking about getting his wife sent for Christmas. And so... Yeah. So, speaking... He's on the Bluetooth, and he's basically like, don't worry, he'll be dead. Uh, he, he's gonna be dead by the end of the fight, basically, is what he says. So the, the Yeah, and, and we see him like, Paul, or like getting his biscuit ready. It's, an, it's a big biscuit, too. It's like a gigantic yeah. biscuit. Um, yep. And then we cut to the early morning. Knock on Monk's door. 
And yep. uh, it's none other than our friend Ray. Yeah, the machine. He shows up. And uh, guess what, Grasshopper? The training starts today, mm-hmm. right now. And he's got him. He's got some go juice, which is like a green yeah. juice. That makes you shit. Yes, yeah, so that's what he's like. It makes you go, and like you're giving me a laxative. Which, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, laxative always makes me laugh, just because it's such a very, it's such a scientific sounding term for something that is still funny. It's like it makes you poop. Um, yeah, and then every time I see like on ESPN the ticker that has like lacrosse and it's mm. just lax, I just start laughing. <laughs> Oh man, the ex the the laxative scene in Dumb and Dumber is really just that's what comedy might have peaked there, honestly. Um, yeah. And uh, so he, he starts Ray starts calling him a beast, you know. Um, he says there's a beast inside of him, which is nice because there's a beast inside of all of us. Um, and speaking of beasts, we uh, we get right right to the Eye of the Tiger montage, mm-hmm. right. Where, you know, we got, like, some footage of him running upstairs, doing push-ups, the uh, cla- clap push-ups, um, and then Monk gets busy on some pull-ups, or I guess not even He's just one, failing but... at all these things, we should mention. Yeah, he's failing at all these things, but he's trying to do pull-ups with wipes, which I can't imagine would be that easy to do. No. Um, yeah, no. Uh, also, for you, when you were able to do pull-ups, what form was easier for you? Was it that, like, the straight-on, or... Yeah, yeah. I, that was what worked for me. I always wish I could do it the other way because I think it looks cooler to do the other way. But by the way, I should have noted that for, yeah, the, the forward hand, hands forward is easier, but I think hands backwards is cooler. Um, hands forward is easier. I think so. Yeah, I think it actually okay. is because I think yeah. that the muscles it works because I think you I don't I don't know what muscles are called, but when you do it uh, with your hands reversed, you work like your forearm muscles more, which I think are like weaker. I'm not a hermit sister, but I remember I think my like perfect, teacher told me that. Perfect for Jack and I. Uh, yes. That's what you're working out. Um, <laughs> that's getting cut. I mean, if you want me to cut it, I'll cut it. But no, no, leave it. Leave <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't going to cut it. Um, okay. we, said, we say cuck like twice an episode. What are you talking about? That's true. <laughs> um, and so then Stoudemire and Disher go to talk to Frank Marino of the Marino crime family. Love a good crime family scene. They're, they're just unloading something from a truck. It's unclear what. Um... Definitely some DVD players, uh, some era appropriate uh, stolen. Oh, no, oh, some no. some microprocessors. Microprocessors. Um, and uh, so they can look- shoot. They can shoot a Scud missile up the ass of a camel from two hundred yards away. That man, that won an Academy Award, not Academy Award for screenwriting, and it earned it. Um, yeah. So they're asking about if Box around. And he's like, you want a wire? And then there's a gag, which I think is, just, is actually funny. <laughs> I, th- I just think it was just like an excuse to, for uh, Jason Gray Sanford to show off his hard, his hard body. I mean, well, I can, I, I'll ask him. I'll, I'll tweet at him right now. He won't get back to us by the end of the episode, but I am, uh, I, I am curious. So you keep recapping as I uh, tweet at him. Yeah, so, you know, he, uh, he asks them if they're wearing a wire and Disher strips. Uh, he drops Shrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, obviously, he doesn't. And, you know, Frank asks Sotomayor if he's got one. And he just simply replies, no. And that's good enough for him. <laughs> so Disher, Disher's like, why, why the hell did I just strip? And Sotomayor's like, I honestly have no idea. And so after that, basically, you know, Sotomayor gets right into it. He asks him, like, when's the last time he saw him? He said he hadn't seen him for, like, three... Frank, by the way. Frank, uh... Sorry, Charles Bach. Right? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he asked him when he seen him. He says it's been like three years. And, uh, you know, Sotomayor says that, like, obviously you must have tried to have Ray killed because you must have lost a ton of cash. And apparently Frank is in the know and he knew, or he was in the know, and he knew that, like, the fight was going to get thrown. So he 
adjusted the the lines, or he like fucked with the lines and stuff, or whatever. Well, no, he he moved. No, he didn't do anything with the lines. He just bet against him. By the way, I decided I'm not going to tweet at Jason because I realized there's no nice way to say, "Did you do that to show off your hot bod?" Like that's actually not so you can just ask someone out now. I didn't realize until I was typing it. But I'll do it. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. But uh, you don't have to do it now because I also realized that it would take longer. And uh, I'm like, wow, Andre's talking for a long time. Not that I don't talk for a long time all the time, but it's like. He's just recapping now. He's not even commenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, what Frank notes, though, is that he wanted it done by the end of the month, which is weird because the fight... That the the hitman, or whoever wanted it. Yeah, the hitman. The, well, the person putting out the hit wanted it done by the yes. end of the month, which is yeah. weird because the fight is on the 25th. Yeah, but more than anything, I just don't understand why Frank would even admit that he knew that who did it. What do you mean? He knew who did it. He didn't know who or did he, it. Or that he knew anything about it. I mean, I, I think... Be taken out. Because I think there's no reason not to, especially if you are... He, he might get him in good has, graces with Stoudemire? Yeah, he clearly has a relationship with Stoudemire, and I think that... Um, also, he if what if it's another, like, mob... If, it, if it's not him, then it might be another mobster, and that's just good for business, if that guy it's, gets it's arrested. Very, another departed, a very Frank Costello move. Yes. Cooperating. Oh my yeah, Frank Costello, chief cooperator, uh, yep. really did him good. Um, and so then we see Monk. He just got done running a half mile, but apparently it took him twenty seven minutes. Right. Okay. Sorry. I think I interrupted you, but like I know that we said that we wanted he wanted the contract done by the end of the month, even yeah. though the fight is on the twenty fifth. I, I yes, you, you did tell me. Up. I did say that, but that's okay. Okay. Um, okay. And so yes, Monk ran a twenty seven minute half mile, which is not great. I mean, it just doesn't seem possible to be fucking quite honest. I think you could well, walk it and like. Well, no, what he oh, said. Oh, that's right. That's he right. He's rearranging right. the hurdles. He's rearranging the hurdles and touching like every like pole or whatever as he usually yeah. does. Yeah. But that doesn't stop Ray from just telling him like this is just a test run. Like when push comes to shove, you'll get it done. Like he's the ultimate motivator. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Ray's great. Uh, and then we cut to the Ice Man. He cometh into the arena dressed as uh-huh. a caterer. Um, and then we cut to uh, a shot from outside the arena. It's the fight, it's fight night. and uh, At the Reliance Stadium in Houston. Or I think that's what it looked like. I can't tell what it was from the outside. Wait, is that what... Because, uh, I mean, it's supposed to be San Francisco, obviously. I know. Uh, it didn't look like any San Francisco stadium. Well, it said Bay Area. The honor says... Because it says San Francisco's own, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let me see if um, there's any information on it. Um, while... Uh, uh, if you don't mind, keep uh, going. Uh, yeah. So it's fight night, baby, and uh, and Ray is fighting a man named Carlos Geraldo, um, and you know they're like right before the fight, they're kind of like in the tunnel, talking about it, and Stoudemire mentions the the weird specifics about the weird timeline about how the hit was supposed to be committed by the end of the month, yeah. but the fight was today, and so that Monk peaks that Monk's well. interest. Yeah, it peaks his interest. And, uh, and then basically we just get to like Stoudemire, uh, instructing all the cops that like this guy, uh, Bach is a, is a serious killer. So if you see him, don't try to be a hero. Call I believe it says don't be a cowboy specifically, which I like that. Uh, okay. That, yeah. Don't be a cowboy. And, um, and to call it in and, and have everybody take him down. Cause he's, this is going to be a tall order. Um, but like, for some reason I have no idea why it doesn't say where it was filming locations. Uh, no, no, um, let me see if it says. Why does it? How does it not say? Like I don't know. For, I have to be trivia so bad for anything before like 2010. Anyway, um, and so uh, Ray is getting taped up, 
and uh, Louis comes and talks to him, and it's like, you know, we, hey, we did it for Rebecca. You, you know, you are a champion in my book, which is, you know, is important. Um, and then Ray gets assigned an officer to be in his corner because Stamara needs someone to protect him. But that's a, he, Ray doesn't know him. That doesn't work for him. So Ray makes a call for someone else. For the next best thing. Mm-hmm. He wants Monk to, uh, to, to be his corner man. Yeah. And so Monk says, of course, what's a corner man? And then the boxers get introduced. Um, and Monk has a hard time getting into the ring because, like, stuck between the ropes and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then we go round one. And there's a bunch of... I think the boxing it actually is not bad at all for uh, for a cable show in no, the 2000s. Not um, at all. Um, not at all. I would say, like, that uh, Carlos Geraldo is on the a little bit on the heftier side. I don't see how they would have been in the same weight class. They're but, heavyweights, uh, so they can be anything. Oh, okay. Heavyweights, like... I, I, I mean, I don't know if Ray Regis looks like he's heavy enough to be a heavyweight, but technically speaking, like, Tyson Fury is, like, 6'7", 300-some pounds, and he's a heavyweight. So... Um, Anyway, not a fan of that guy. Um, I don't even know any of these guys. He's the, I think he's still the current heavyweight champion. He's like a dickhead, like racist, transphobic British guy. Um, sexist. Just not nothing good. Um, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're, they're fighting, and then we see uh, Iceman's getting his gun out of like the catering thing. Um, mm-hmm. He's ready. And so then after the first round, Monk gives advice. Because Louis like, right hand, left hand. And Monk's like, no, no, what if you use both hands at the same time? Yeah, and uh, I don't think that's a sanctioned move, but uh, something tells me that Ray's not going to follow through with that mm-hmm. advice. No. Round two starts, and we see that um, the Iceman has taken hostages, which, good for, I mean, good for those people that they get to live. You would think that he would just kill them since he's the Iceman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, you kind of have to be a pro and, like, not take... Uh, take down like innocent civilians. It's uh, yeah, that it just it's a hard because it, it's harder to get away with that. Um, you also you might need hostage. You never thing is if you're a criminal, you never know when you need hostages. You know what I mean? Always keep them around. They're good to have. You know. Yes, of course, and um, you have some leverage there. Exactly. You you if you kill the hostages, how are you getting out of the building? You know. Um, and then so after that round, Monk is fixing uh, his shoes. Uh, he was fixing. Um, Ray shoes and um, the he keeps trying to do it as Ray's fighting and Louis says and I'm quoting him this is a phrase that we don't use anymore you're out, oh, you yeah. out of your cotton pick in mind which is of course the phrase that the Oklahoma City Thunder announcer said about Russell Westbrook that got him fired um, yeah I saw it and I was just like oh, okay immediately uh, Robert Logia is cancelled so. uh, and, and the thing is he got the biggest cancellation of all he died. Yeah, he died. Yeah. Correct. People forget Jesus was the first guy to get canceled. Um, oh, really? I know. I, Socrates was the first guy to get canceled. Um, do you remember I that tweet? Say, probably all the all the firstborns in Egypt. That's true. Do you remember there was the tweet a couple weeks ago, which was like, if Socrates was around today, he would get canceled by the by P- PC culture. And it's like, motherfucker, Socrates was canceled. He was put to death because he like because t- of his, specifically because of his ideas. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um... Anyway, folks. So great. And so, you know, the Iceman is uh, is trying to get a shot, but he can't because obviously it's a boxing match. Not not people aren't actually staying still. Um, yeah, luckily, I mean, unluckily, unluckily for him, um, Ray's a guy who stays on his feet. He's moving around. He's bouncing around. He's not leaving himself like mm. too stationary. Um, so yeah. not an easy target to hit. Yeah. 
And so after the next round, Monk is goes to Natalie to get some deodorant because he says there's a perspiration problem. Um, but then he overhears someone saying to uh, one of the workers saying to the other one, Skybox number five didn't get any food. And he looks up and he sees that one of the boxes is dark, but there's a little glare. Glint. Glint. A glint. Sorry, yeah, a glint. That, is, that actually is the word I was looking for. That's from the word, yeah. From the sniper scope. It's like Call of Duty. Could, I, could, I could see the, the gears turning in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Monk decides he's going he's gonna to stop. He's going to... He's gonna get into it, right? He's he's running up there. He's, he's now. I have a question. Before this, did you know that the episode was gonna end with him having to perform those skills, these skills practically? Because I remember the first yeah. time I saw it, I knew it was gonna end that way. Which yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's just storytelling. No, absolutely. Like I, I kind of like figured it out again when um, when Ray was like, you know, when the time comes, exactly. you'll be ready. Like yeah. Yep. So yeah, he runs. He ends up having to walk up a down escalator because he accidentally gets the wrong one. Um... He pulls and all this is occurring. This is, this is all occurring yeah. while Ray is just completely demolishing this guy, like yeah. showing showing out. He's really showing, mm-hmm. uh, making up for for time. Yes, you wonder if he accident if uh, Geraldo accidentally tired himself out by wearing too heavy of a costume into the ring. Which, by the way, is what happened to Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder. Yeah, yeah, I, he, I know he, that. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he. Who do you think he lost? He lost to Tyson Fury. I don't know how you know that, but they don't you know his. Oh, story. okay. I didn't watch the fight. I just remember hearing well, I, about that. I watched the fight, and it was not. I was not a happy hassle, especially because Deontay Wilder's from Gainesville, Florida, which is where the University of Florida is. So my older brother's, you know, personal connection. Not a good day. Um, although I'll tell you this, he looked really cool in the suit, so I get why he did it. Um, yeah, he did. And so he Looks pulls good. himself up, he balances, and then he has to climb over a wall. And just as uh, the Iceman is about to ice Ray, uh, as the fight's over, basically, because he, you know, there's a knockout, Monk dives on top of him. And uh, he stops him. Yeah, he stops him from getting off the shot. And then, you know, while this is all happening, the cops finally show up right on time. And uh, uh, Bach pulls out, or, you know, he ain't, he starts to, like, motion as if he was going to shoot the cops and uh Sotomayor and Disher both put put a slug in him and um and he's done yeah, he's gonna he's fucking dead. no-scope him <laughs> he's got yeah he's, he no-scoped him he no-scoped him he's, I mean, he's, to, been, yeah. he's been practicing one v on rust um yeah man hey say the word by the way no-scope no one v one on rust say the word <laughs> I, is that a call of duty thing oh shit man fuck you You're i never play call of duty um i was a counter-strike guy oh you so you're pretentious is what you are. Um, oh god, whatever. No, I'm sorry, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I also like I can never be the one to call anyone pretentious ever. Um, True. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Ray gets the belt, and Natalie, after the commercial break, remarks about Monk that, "And you got up here so fast." And then she's like, "Oh, do you still need this?" And hands him the. Not over. only that, she says that he got up there in 90 seconds, which clearly was not the case. No, but it's fast. He got up there fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he looks at the deodorant, and as Stammer's saying, we'll never know who hired him, he puts it together. So tell me what he puts together. He doesn't say here's what happened, but he puts it together. Yeah, uh, so basically, this all had to do with, uh, the guy who put out the hit was the guy whose house they were in recording the commercial. Mm-hmm. Because what they were recording in the background was a bunch of stolen art. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the said, said stolen art from the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And apparently the only reason why this commercial was being filmed was because the man's wife... I don't even know what his name was. The man's wife had let uh, had given permission while he was on vacation for them to shoot a commercial mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And so that's why he, he, he rolled up and he was, mm-hmm. like, super pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, that, and 
so basically he needed to die at that night because if he died there was no chance that they were going to air the commercial ever yeah and the commercial was going to start airing on september 1st hence why it's the end correct so then we cut to uh the guy's house and um he apparently never told his because uh, he's like I didn't didn't know my bride. We-. Well, first Randy's like, why didn't you keep it in a basement? He's like, it's art. It needs to be appreciated, which fair, but also like you know, I don't keep my keep, if I keep steal- it in a free keep it in a Freeport, my guy. Yeah, shouts to Freeports again. Yeah. I'll I'll say this right now. There are podcasts that are devoted just to the movie Tenant that have referenced few Freeports less than us. <laughs> There are podcasts dedicated to Tenet? I'm assuming. I mean, they have. There has to be. I'm assuming because <laughs> basically, there's a whole gimmick where, like, one, I forget what movie did it first, but like, where people did a thing where they did like broke down a movie one minute at a time, and I feel like every mo- movie has that now. Um, anyway, you you are way more into the podcast. I mean, I don't listen to any of these podcasts, but I but, yeah, but I'm, I'm really knowledge. into podcasts. I you know, I it's my it's hey, it's like graphic design. It's my passion, um, and so he. He's like, I didn't think my bride would invite people over to film a commercial. And then we learn, of course, he never told his wife that the art was stolen, which that's an unforced error. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, is, hey, you, but, you know better as anyone, manager, marriage is about communication. Is there anything in your apartment that's stolen that your wife doesn't know? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. There's like, I, I can remember the last thing that I stole... And it was, um, and this will be a very funny. Um, it was actually, I stole it from a bar in Brooklyn. Um, it was a bar called The Levy. I want to say it was like on 8th and Barry or something mm-hmm. in Williamsburg. Yeah. And uh, essentially what happened was we were at this bar, me, my friend, his, his now wife, and another friend. And we were there drinking, having a good time. And this guy was like a total dickhead to us. And he ended up getting kicked out of the bar. He left his diesel jacket behind. And uh, and I fucking took that shit. It was nice. Uh, I found out later. And at the t- okay, well, and I'm not gonna say too much. But basically, there was a bag of cocaine in one of the pockets. Wow. Yeah, and like if I were like that kind of person at the time, I probably would have gone through it. But I definitely did not, and I just like tossed it in like a trash can. So yeah. Wow, that's. Uh, but that's the last thing I've stolen, and that was 2013. Yeah, I honestly haven't really stolen anything. Just it, I just have such a. Um, and if that guy's listening right now, shame on you, my friend. Yeah. Um, because I, it's mostly just because I don't do really. The reason I don't do bad things is one because I genuinely just don't like to. But two because the, f- whenever I do something that's bad, the anxiety it causes me is so crippling that like I, if I commit one misdeed, I can't do anything for like three days without being in a panic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I used to be, I mean, I wasn't, like, the type to steal a lot of stuff, but, uh, I mean, I, technically, this isn't really a stealing thing, because he wasn't allowed back. Um, it's more like a lost and found kind of situation. I, the main, the only time I really would steal a decent amount of stuff is I would very often, not very often, but fairly often, from one of NYU's dining halls, the one that had the Chick-fil-A in it, like, the one that had restaurants in it, um, Uh and had a bunch of other stuff was really easy to... There was a way you were supposed to enter and a way you were supposed to exit. And it was really, really easy to enter, get something, and then just walk out the entranceway again without anyone seeing you. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah. I did... There's one last thing I did steal. I stole my wife's heart. I... That's just... That's just... That's despicable what you just did. Anyway. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. Uh, we then cut to the end where Monk... He passed his test. 
and uh, he's on top of the world. Yeah, you know he's feeling good. He's he's uh, he's doing a little Ray um, Ray uh, Ray. What's his last Regis? Ray he's Regis. bouncing around. You know he's 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 super excited. He's super mm-hmm. stoked, and um, you know he's almost like he's asking like he's asking for it. He's trying to get a couple punches in. He's trying to get Ray to like you know spar with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ray's just like, Yo, Natalie, can you help me out? And in the middle of like swinging his arms out, proceeds to, uh, you know, the episode comes true. Mister Monk takes a punch. Yes, and then he gets picked up and brought to the car. The episode ends. What do you give this episode out of 10? Um, I actually gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Wow, I uh, only gave it an 8. I scored it. I scored the round 8, eight to, I don't know. Oh, nice, point. nice. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I mean, I just, uh, I, I mean. The, Ray's a really good character. That, Ray's a really good character. Um, it was, like, kind of simple. Um, for the same reason, I kind of was like, damn, I kind of wish there was more to it. But at the same time, like, I enjoyed most of it. Like, my, I didn't my really have any compl- issues. My only complaint is that it feels like the case is an afterthought, which I, I love the whodunit stuff of it. But the reason I gave it an 8 as opposed to, like, a 7 or 7.5, like I do normally when that's my problem with an episode, is the stuff that they replace it with is pretty good. Um, there's, like, the setup is pretty sitcom gimmicky, but they don't really play it that well. Um mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, uh, I gave it an eight and you gave it an eight and a half. What do you, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm completely lost. This is, hey, this is my second pod tonight, you know, cause on Thursdays I'm doing double duty. Um, I just said duty. I did say duty. Um, <laughs> although nothing would repeat. I think there was one day where I podcasted for, I want to say three and a half hours in a row. <laughs> well, back damn. when I was doing the Count the Digs mailbag, uh, I think this is actually still when it was uh, the Basketball Friends mailbag. I did it from like noon to two. And then this is when we were doing the original run of Marvel Cinematic University. But it was like an Infinity War pre-mailbag. So it was a long one too. So it was like two hours of the first mailbag and then another hour and a half. Um, that was the longest wow. ever podcast in a row. At least this time I get a break. But anyway, that's not what's important. You can follow the show at Strictly Monk and on Twitter. We can follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please listen to that Marvel podcast I mentioned. Uh, we got a Patreon. I know that this podcast is a lot less big, so I feel like this is a bit like if a mom and pop shop were to uh, advertise for Walmart. Not that the other podcast is Walmart, but you understand my point. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're doing fun stuff on that. We actually just did a podcast. Uh, well, Andre's actually going to be on a future podcast on our bonus Patreon episodes, which is exciting. Um, oh, I was going to ask, when is that? But we'll uh, talk about yeah. this now. Yeah, I mean, well, it's gonna, we're going to be recording two the Tuesday after next, but we'll get the Dan Brass text uh, afterwards. But like, I just want to let you know, and this is a little teaser, uh, we're releasing a Father's Day bonus episode in which me, Jerome, my friend Michael Springthorpe, and you know Shivani Banfall, right, uh, from Twitter and stuff? Um, he's been yes. Anyway, uh, we created the uh, comprehensive top ten list of daddies in the MCU for Father's Day. So look forward to that. It's uh, the funniest podcast I've ever done, and I mean that. And I thought, really? Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's two hours long, and it is oh, great. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it, it's like legitimately like I can't wait to fucking put it out. Um, but anyway, with that in mind, uh, please share the show with people you love who love Monk, and tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk is underwater. Let's get monkey.